Hey guys, welcome. Good evening. I'll give everyone a second to uh, log in. Hey there. Looks like we got a few people already ready to go tonight. This is awesome. AVL Racing, Debbie Moore, Oak Knob Farm. Thank you for coming from New Hampshire. Nice. Originally from Boston, so New Englander here. Uh, let's see. Paraguay. Awesome. Fernando. Give everyone a few minutes to, to cruise in. See who else we got here. Kathleen from New Jersey. Gullible, Catherine. Pennsylvania, Lee. Joanne from Northern California. Josh and Doris from Oregon, welcome. Another Oregon, Catherine. Cool. People from all over the place. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm just here to answer questions and talk, give you guys a little bit of an update what's going on. Obviously, I've been really busy, and you guys have been following along, and it's been super cool. Like, uh, hopefully you guys aren't getting sick of me yet. <laughs> i posted so many videos. But it's been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, it's been it's been cool to like, be there for you guys and to connect and um, just share what I've been going through. I know everyone's having a lot of tough times right now and I was just trying to be there for you guys and I think I, I really I really struggled with trying to figure out what to do to, to help as much as possible not just to help people learn how to grow good food and run successful farms and, and get your homesteads up and going and all that kind of stuff but you know just being there for you guys every day I was hoping that that was the best that I could do for you and so hope you enjoyed it I uh, you know it was tough some days for sure um, it's been weird the last few days not vlogging every day but um yeah, I don't think I'm doing that anytime soon. It was, I just couldn't believe, man. It was so much work. And I have so much respect for people that do that or come close to that. And uh, it, it was fun. Um, learned a lot about filmmaking. I got to experiment a little bit. And I don't know. It was cool. It was it was awesome. Um, and it also sort of lined up with the opening of the farm, which turned out to be just an, like it was layer on layer and all the stress with, you know, everything going on in the world and, and all the disruptions in your life and everybody's lives and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was, um, uh, I don't know. It was an experience and I'm glad that you guys got a lot of it. Well, wow, a lot of people cruising in here. This is awesome. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of an update before I start taking some questions and, um, yeah, the farm, the Raleigh city farm has been going great. Uh, I just, I say this like in every video, but really the volunteers there and the people involved, the community, everyone's just been incredible. Every time I, you know, need help with something, someone's there or, you know, some of the guys that I've been working with, like, you know, like Gene and Dave, for example, they've just been, they just been helping beyond belief, like things that I would never have time to get around to they're taken care of. So it's been great. We got half the field uh, all up and running with beds and irrigation, and we have it mostly full of crops at this point. We had our first farm stand last Wednesday and it was a huge success. We did not have nearly enough food and we also did a little bit of a plant sale. You know, we did we were from four to seven on Wednesday nights and there was people lined up like at three forty five to come in. So I 
I just feel very lucky. And, you know, the community was super excited about everything. So it went really well. I, I don't remember the numbers. Was, I don't know, maybe 70 people, 70 groups of people came through. And it was it was really special. So we're going to do that every Wednesday night. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fluctuation with the amount of product until we get rolling. Um, it's been, you know, we've only had six beds to grow in really until like two weeks ago. So it's hard to try to get even you know, even crops coming out and, and getting even sales, but we're going to do our best. And, you know, people have been understanding of that. So it's been cool. It's been awesome. Um, I'm really happy with the way the farm's coming out. It's been really neat personally that I've taken everything I've learned in the last two years, not only in my farm, but from so many other farmers I've met and talked to and friends of mine and um, things you read. And, and I don't know, It's it's been really neat to sort of take everything and sort of put it into a new farm and a farm that's really just on display. I mean, it's out in the public. You know, you can walk and check it out and it's there. And uh, I really hope that um, it becomes a gathering spot for the community and not just for the actual community, the people that live around there. But I want it to also become as soon as everything settles down and we can gather a little bit more and, you know, be safe about things. But to be a, a gathering spot for the farming community in the southeast, I hope that that can happen too. hope we can do a lot of workshops invite people to speak there, do classes, demonstrations, uh, do trials, have like per, like new tools to check out and, you know, sort of be a place where people can come and really learn a lot from. And I think that's going to be really powerful moving forwards. And I hope that that's the case. So as soon as uh, everything is allowed to sort of people allowed to go out and do things and, and everything, I think we'll be, we'll be there at some point. So that's the goal there. And it's been, it's so far, it's been great. And we just uh, have a few interns now, and they're just starting. Uh, we have two NC State students, uh, and they're studying, like, you know, biological sciences and agroecology and cool stuff. And then we have another intern who's a writer. So um, we have a, a, a diverse group of people, and we're going we're gonna to crush it this summer. We have a lot of energy, and we know how to do it. And, yeah, it's been really cool. So, anyways, that's enough of me blabbing here. Um, let me look through some of this. Whoa, a lot of comments in here. This is awesome. Um, let's see, you guys firing some questions. I'm here. I'll keep answering questions until, um, until I run out of steam here. I am tired, but, um, and guys, if you are enjoying this, give it a like, please. Uh, and if you guys want me to do more of these, I'm happy to do them. I just, I don't know. It's only if it provides value for you guys, but it's cool. I mean, it's fun. I get to interact with you. I know I did one not long ago, but that was a recorded one. So and again, if you like those, I can do those too. Um, it gave people the option to answer questions who weren't necessarily here. So that's kind of a cool opportunity as well. But let's see here. Um, man, so many cool people in here. Thank you guys for showing up. Michael Dwyer, the farm looks terrific. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been really cool. The community, I've, I've met so many neighbors that have come up and been like, this place looks amazing. Thank you so much. They probably give me hugs, but they can't right now. Um Oh, sorry, missed the daily videos. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't. I just can't. I just can't do it. It's just. It's too much. It was literally. I mean, it's. It's one thing to just put in the time, but you also have to be talking into a camera every day, and you have to think about something to do and figure out a movie to make or video to make. And then it's like, if I can even start editing before dinner, I'm happy. But usually, it's from dinner until I go to bed. I'm editing and posting, and you start and do the whole thing over again the next day. So. Yeah, I definitely got to experience the vlog thing. Um, I'm hoping to sort of mix in vlog content with more instructional stuff. I mean, I posted a video uh, yesterday that was more sort of instructional and stuff. So I'll mix in a bunch of different content. Hopefully I can do some more creative stuff too. Um, 
How do you transport cattle panels out of a tra- trailer? Um, uh, one of my volunteers did that, and he has a trailer. Um, Joshua Endorse, you're welcome. Th- thank you for watching the videos. And Mike, thanks. Yeah, the farm does. I'm I'm just blown away. It's come together. Um, I'm I'm super pumped. Uh, Lee is asking about the chicks. Chicks are doing good. Um, we lost two, which I think is not too bad. But 18 out of 20 we have, and they look strong now. They're like a little over two weeks old now. So yeah, they're doing all right. Um, EVL is asking, do you have any issues with animals at your home garden farm? If so, how did you stop the issue? I'm guessing you're talking about like animals eating vegetables. Um, we had squirrels really bad. I mean, we still have them, but they were devastating last year. I did not find a solution. So, um, luckily we've gotten really lucky with, um, with deer. We haven't had a lot of deer here. They're, they're here. They're here. We see them in our front yard all the time, but they don't go in our backyard for some reason. So those were our main pests. We I've seen, I used to see a lot of uh, rabbits around. I don't see them, and they were never really an issue. Robert, uh, thank you. Um, glad you're liking the videos. Stephanie, thank you very much. Robert Flynn, great job, and and thank you. I know I I feel weird when people say I'm insp- I give them inspiration, but. Hey, if I if one person watches my video and goes and plants something, like I feel good about it. So that's awesome. Um, Highland Home saying thank you very much. Yeah, it's been it's been. I hopefully you guys have seen how much of a uh, how tough it's been. I don't think I hid anything from you guys in that over the course of that month. It was crazy. I was super busy. Uh, Marcus, hi from Jamaica. Awesome. I can't read all these comments. There's so many in here. You guys got some questions for me? I'd love to. Answer some questions. You guys hear me talk all the time. I'd like to <laughs> answer your questions. Shane, yeah, um, the comment here is um, about the recent video about the the garden or the farm not growing too fast. I That is, I mean, I went through that. I mean, I, I made a video about it. I shared that. Um, it is so easy to keep expanding. And I it really does happen. You're just like, I want to grow more. I want to grow more. And then you look back and your fields are full of weeds or... You know, you're getting 20% germination or the harvests are terrible or, you know, your irrigation's a mess, like, or you can't irrigate enough. Like, really, people always want to grow, but you can always grow more in the same space. I I really feel that's true, including myself. There's always tweaks until you're, like, really, really good. And even so, you're then working on soil biology or you're working on, you know, um, moisture retention. You're working on different mulches. You know, there's all sorts of things to do. Uh, Robert is asking, what got, what do you guys have for a cooler at the farm? We have a refrigerated trailer. Uh, it was there when I got there. So it's like, a, I don't know the dimensions, 6 by 10, 6 by 12. I don't know. I don't know the dimensions, but it's got the air conditioner in the side with the cool bot. It seems to be working pretty well. I had nothing to do with it. So it was already there. Um, got really lucky with that. That was, a one, that was one of the big pieces of infrastructure that was there. Uh, Oak Knob. Um, I keep losing my place in this thing. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, the team has been amazing. I, the people, I mean, 
you guys will see them in all the videos, but there's been just a mixture of people and everyone just loves working together and the camaraderie is great and the energy and the community. It's, I, it's just been amazing. Like I'm not, I'm not like talking them up any more than they deserve. It's been incredible. Yeah. So if you guys were wondering, I think I mentioned this, but we got our compost from a company called compost now and they are a company that collects food waste from like people's homes and offices. And then, um, all the compost that gets that food turns into, they donate it to nonprofits and stuff. So we pay a nominal like delivery fee and we get compost. So that's why I'm just going crazy with the compost. Um, if I had to pay for it, it might be a little bit different, but I'll, I did spend a lot of money on compost at my own farm. <clears throat> have I just, have we designed, uh, new labels for Raleigh city farms? I have no idea. Um, I don't know if we have really labels for our produce considering we were never really selling produce. It was always a for-profit farmer running their farm on the land. So I don't know. I'm not, there is a whole marketing group and yeah, so I do give them input, but I'm not, I'm not directly involved in that. It's kind of nice. Mark. Uh, yes. Say hi to Gene for me. Absolutely. Uh, Rodel Rodel, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Are you or willing or will be using biochar? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't have any experience with it, so I probably won't be experimenting with it anytime soon, but it could be something in the future where we could do a bed by bed experiment. I'd love to do something like that, but I don't have any immediate plans to. Um, Highland Home saying, what's the best way to make more inexpensive compost? I am not the best composter. I've admitted that completely. Um, I generally let my chickens do a lot of work for me. So yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not the best source on making compost. I just, I'm not very good at it. I don't have a lot of experience. I just buy it cause I, I use so much with the deep compost mulch system that I just, I just buy it. It's also, I don't have, if you're trying to, the other thing is if you're trying to make compost on a large scale, um, enough for a small farm, like you need a front end loader, like you can't do it by hand. Uh, I went to go visit Jared Smith at Jared's Real Food, and you know he's got a, a tractor with a front end loader, and he flips his beds all the his piles all the time, and he only generates about half his own compost. So, and it takes a lot of time too, like it it does. So sometimes it's just worth it to, uh, um, you know, to to buy it in. Uh, uh, Joanne Joanne Johnson is asking about good hot weather greens. That is a struggle. Um, I'm going to be doing lettuce and probably going to be doing that shade cloth method where you put the transplants out and put shade cloth over them for a week or two. Um, some other greens. Uh, sorrel grows pretty well in the summer. I grew. I like growing green sorrel. Uh, I did some radicchio last year and cut them as greens. It was like a green red kind of leaf. Um, you can grow a lot of brassicas in the summer if you have insect netting. Like arugula will be three weeks probably from seed if you can cover it with insect netting um, if you want to um, do that. You just got to be soup. You got to get it right at the right time though because it'll bolt super fast. So a lot of the brassicas will actually grow really well in the summer. So you can always give those a try like, you know, kales and all that stuff. You just, you, you got to keep them covered. Otherwise the flea beetles will get them and you got to cut them quickly because they'll bolt. So good hot weather greens. That's, that's, not, that's one of the hardest things. Growing greens in the summer is really hard. Um, there are some lettuce varieties that are better than others. Um, if you want to try one lettuce that grows well in the summer, it's Mir, M-U-I-R. That's probably, that's my go-to. That's the bulk of my, my lettuce mix that I use. So Mir, Cherokee, and Magenta, that's what I've been growing. So uh, variety makes a big difference with that for sure. Um, my quarantine haircut is really no different than my normal haircut. Uh, it's kind of just a buzz. <laughs> so it's not really a quarantine haircut. I always get my 
my wife always cuts my hair. Um, uh, Sharon, you inspired me so much. We built a greenhouse and started playing. That's amazing. That's awesome. I love hearing that stuff. That's super cool. Uh, what veg? Greg's asking, what veg will you put in your cooler other than greens? Probably everything. Um, maybe not tomatoes. Um, when we get there, if we do, to, if the tomatoes do all right, um, we're not really planting very many. But generally, we're going to harvest everything uh, for the most part, you know, the day of or the day before. So because we're only doing one sales outlet, and that's the farm stand, which is Wednesday nights. Probably most things will go in the cooler. I don't know what wouldn't go in the cooler other than tomatoes, which it's so hot there. We might have to keep them in the cooler because we don't have any like there's no like room temperature there. It's just everything's outside besides the cooler. So um, we have plenty of space in there, too. Uh, Kimmy's asking about the premier fencing from a chickens. I love it. I, I don't know what else you'd use. It's just incredible. Um, I don't, I think everyone's using it. It's great. Um, yeah. I mean, it's lasted a, a couple seasons. I have a couple tears here and there, but it's just the perfect system. It's lightweight. It's easy to move around. It's very effective. You get it very, um, you know, get electrified and yeah, it's make sure you get the right one. I like the 48 inch poultry net plus that way the poles are closer together and they have the double forks that go in the ground. Uh, it's a lot easier, especially when, you're, when your ground is really hard. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, Jake's asking, how do you stop bacteria, et cetera, from growing in the rainwater collection system? That is a great question, and I actually did a lot of um, looking into that. Not a lot, a, a decent amount of looking into this. Um, first of all, the tanks are black, so there's no light getting in, so that's a big thing. I did talk to the guy that installed it and asked him that exact same question. This is what he does for a living, um, and he said it's not been a problem. And we also tested the water for bacteria after, even before we pulled any water out of the tank for irrigation, we pulled it out and tested it for, you know, bacteria stuff. And it was, it was fine. Uh, the other thing is that there's a part of the system where when the water level drops below a certain level, um, if we don't get rain, it tops it off with city water to a certain point. It doesn't fill it up all the way, just a little bit. So that's chlorinated water. And so that will help also, you know, mixed in with the rainwater. Um, and we'll keep an eye on it. We'll, we'll keep testing it. Um, the other thing is um, we're washing all our vegetables with city water, right? So it, we're, we're feeling pretty confident about it. But I did, I thought a lot about that. I was nervous about that. And if that was, if the case that we tested and it had a lot of bacteria in it, then I'd probably have to do drip irrigation. So it's not hitting the leaves. Um, but anyways, so that's that's the answer, and we're just going to keep an eye on it. And just after talking to the professional that installed it, um, you know, and getting his feedback, so that was sort of how that how that was decided. Robert's asking, are you able to draw a decent salary from the farm? I'm not going to give you a number, but it's a part time job. So I am I signed up for 20 hours a week. I'm working way more than that, but I can hopefully dial it back to 20 as the season goes along. Um, and it's not based on sales. So it's, look, I, I'm still YouTubing and, you know, <laughs> I'm not like making a ton of money here. It's farming. Um, so we'll see what happens. I hope that, I'm honestly hoping that the more, if we can sell more, then we'll be able to pay people and do more cool stuff. So that's sort of the thing there. Uh, and I'm hoping to do workshops there eventually. And hopefully we can, you know, I can make a little bit of money from that too once we can invite people to the farm. So Anyways, yeah. Anita, hello from Aussie land. Welcome. Um, 
Cameron Clark, what's up, Josh? Thanks for doing this, man. Great to see all the progress on the farm. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, Zola, poultry kit from Premier One. Yeah, they make great products. Bix, biz picks. Appreciate everything you share. You're very welcome. Uh, Marcus is saying, uh, is he asking about microgreens? No, I don't want to do microgreens. Um, I think there's a time and place for microgreens. They can be very profitable on a small farm. I'm curious to see what happens with the microgreens market with the current, um, you know, with the economy and restaurants being closed and all that. I, I don't know how much of a microgreens market there's going to be. We'll see. Um, if you have a lot of direct sales to customers, then maybe. Um, but I just, I kind of want to get away from that on this farm. I want to just do stuff outside. Um, not that I have anything against your microgreens. I grew a lot of microgreens at my farm. Um, it just, I, I, don't, I just want to get away from it at this, at this farm. We don't really have a good setup for it there yet either. So, um, yeah, we're not going to be doing that. Um, what Shane's asking, what material do you use for your greenhouses? Um, I don't know what material you're asking about. We have the, the standard greenhouse plastic on the top of the greenhouse. I got it from bootstrap farmer. Um, Shane, maybe if, if you chime in, ask me, I don't know. That's the only material I'm really thinking of there. Uh, the beds are prepared exactly the same as they are outside, and we're going to be putting drip tape in there. We have some um, temporary um, overhead in there. We're going to change that over to drip. Uh, Everett's asking, was the preparation for Reality City Farm stressful? It seems like there needs to be a quick turnaround time. How did you get it done so quickly and efficiently? Um, yes, it was very stressful. <laughs> and a lot of the stress came from the time, the aggressive timeline that I wanted to put on the farm. Um, it's, it was something that I felt strongly about getting the farm up and running as quickly as possible and proving that we could do this. And, you know, I, I literally, my first day was February 1st, my first official day, and I wasn't going to touch the farm until then. And yeah, we're, we were selling produce like even a few weeks ago. So I, I feel really lucky about it. Um, the way we got it done so quickly is just being super strategic about time management and goals and knowing the things that had to be done in what order and just the experience of starting a farm. This is the second farm I've started. So having that experience really helps you know what to do. Um, and I had people that were really competent at what they knew how to do. And I could say, Hey, can you do this? And I don't have to, you know, they can just take care of it for me. So delegation organization and just keeping keeping your eye on the goal like if the goal is to build beds on april 11th then we need to get everything we need to get done before that done and so we just did we just stuck to our schedule and we worked really hard it was really what it came down to is just being organized and working hard and just experience um nicholas asking did i raise my goose yeah larry my guard goose i raised him from a from a gosling with baby chicks um Let's see. Uh, Shane's asking, where do you get all the cardboard? Um, everybody just brought cardboard to the farm. Like we had people stopping on their way in and running by the Dollar General, running to pick up, you know, from their apartment complexes and bike shop around the corner. And we just, we all just grabbed a lot of cardboard. Yeah, it was, a, it was stressful because you need a lot, a lot, a lot of cardboard. You need way more than you think you do. Um, and then peeling off all the tape and the staples and the labels and stuff like that. So it was, it was a lot of planning. Um, that was one thing you can't just order and get delivered. So that was just one of those things. And, you know, I, I keep saying this, but really, I really feel that with regenerative and sustainable farming, the best thing you can do is to 
use waste streams as inputs for your farm. So, you know, in an urban farm, you know, we don't have like stuff like straw, stuff like that, you know, to use as a carbon source underneath in our lasagna beds, but we have cardboard because we're in the city. So that's what we decided to use. That made the most sense. Um, there's plenty of cardboard out there. You know, there's also the shopping center next to us. There's a couple stores there. There's a wine shop. Um, there's like a, a bakery, an ice cream shop. There's a, a, two restaurant bars and, um, you know, those are closed now, but they were dropping off cardboard for us too. It was just an all efforts in to get cardboard, um, all different sizes and styles and stuff like that. Uh, Robert's asking the guy with the suspenders. That's Gene. Gene's amazing. He's there all the time. Um, he's been, I couldn't have done it without him. He's incredible. I appreciate him so much. I tell him that every day. I don't, he loves being there. He's, ha he's having fun. He's, we're, yeah, we're having a good time there. Um, Oak Knob Farm, thank you. Yeah, give me a thumbs up if uh, you're watching this. Um, and if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. I, I assume most of you guys are uh, if you're watching this. Uh, Catherine's asking, we're about to put up our 50-foot tunnel and was running at 11 rebar per side going 16 to Um, I can't answer that. I don't know. Um, I've never put in a tunnel like that. So the best thing you can do is secure it in any, in as many ways as possible. Um, I don't know if you're using sort of the ropes that go over the top kind of thing you know, put more ground acres in. The biggest thing with the wind too is make sure when it gets windy that you close the tunnel. That's another thing. Um, is if you leave the tunnel open and you have a big fender storm or windstorm and the wind comes in, it'll just rip the plastic out. So that's, that helps a lot too. Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't know if I could give you advice on the amount of information I have there and I'm not an expert in high tunnels either. Um, MJ, thank you. Um, yeah, you got to catch up on the videos, man. You got so many to watch. It's like binge watching season right now. Um, this, I lose track in this and then I'm, um, Ron saying, what words of inspiration or advice do you have for someone who has really want to take the leap to homesteading? Well, you don't have to leap in all the way, right? You can start by doing small things. Um, if you're going to go from like living in the city to like cutting the cord and like going off grid, like ease into it a little bit if that's like what you're asking. But I think just get started with whatever makes sense. You're going to fail. Uh, there's going to be struggles. Um, pick something that's realistic and try to hit that goal and do a couple of things. If you try to jump in too quickly and you get chickens and goats and you have a garden and you're doing this and that and you're canning, th all that stuff that, you know, goes in with that lifestyle like start a few things like start learning how to bake bread start learning how to can stuff um i'm not a, i'm not the biggest homesteader i mean we're pretty much suburban people and you know we grow food for ourselves and we have chickens um i don't know i i think there's a, a huge range of things for homesteading but just get started with something i mean don't don't think you have to do everything to be called a homesteader or be part of homesteading or feel like you're doing that so just start with something um, Brian says, uh, do you software track crop progress? No, I am very low tech with that stuff. Um, I usually use a whiteboard. I did a video about this, but I, I have to set up at the new farm, but I, it's a whiteboard and it just has the date that the crop, the bed, the, the date it was planted and what's in the bed. And then 
my farm's small enough where I can just walk the field and I know everything that's going on. Um, you know, on a bigger scale, totally different story. But, you know, this farm is only going to be about a quarter of an acre plus the tunnel. So um, that's what I use. And I got that from when I used to be a, a, a beer brewer. That's how we kept track of what beer was in what tank. So um, that's what I use. Dory is asking, what varieties of vegetables would you do seed trials on? And where do you get your seeds from? I don't know about the seed trials yet. I think that's a goal I'd like to get to either end of the year, maybe next year. We got to get our systems in place. We got to get food out to our community. Where do I get my seeds from? Uh, Johnny's, obviously. Most people get their, get a lot of seeds from Johnny's. I really like Osborne Seed Company. Um, they've been great. And, uh, you know, I've worked with Rebecca Morse there. She's one of the sales people there and she's come to visit my farm before and I have a great relationship with her and their, their seeds are awesome. So I would check them out. Um, Fedco is another one that most people don't talk about. They're actually a co-op and I've gotten great seeds from them at great prices. Another one is uh, high mowing. Those are the seed companies I usually um, order from. And then for microgreens, true leaf market is just the best. Uh, I've also ordered from mums spreading seeds. So that's, that's where I get my seeds from. Um, Catherine is asking how much time in planting radishes. How much time does it take me to plant radishes? Um, I use the Jang Cedar. It probably takes like three minutes to do a bed. Um, they grow in anywhere between three and six weeks, I'd say. I'm not sure about the question. I'm trying to answer all the things that could possibly be involved with that. Um, Tim's saying, going to use that weave technique for your peppers. Yep, I'm going to do that for my peppers and determined tomatoes this year for sure. We're going to do the uh, the trellis system for the cucumbers. Um Excuse me. Sharon's asking, how long does it take for the cardboard to break down? It's pretty quick. Um, the big key with that is you want to make sure you wet it down. Excuse me, before you put the compost on it, and that helps break it down quicker. Um, it's already starting to break down. It doesn't take long at all. Um, you know, if your soil biology is active, which you should, be, it should be, and you know, obviously with putting down a lot of compost, you'll get a lot of worm action, a lot of moisture. Um, plus, the the plants are going to grow down through there anyways. It happens pretty fast. Um, I'm also in the south, so it's humid and it's hot here, so. Um, farmer Brad's asking, are there any extra steps, um, in the pack house lately? Um, most of the, most of the stuff that has, that has been affected is the way that we interact with our customers. Um, and I'm actually, I might make a video about that tomorrow, actually, um, while we're doing our farm stand and see if I have time to show you our sort of technique. Cause I think a lot of people want to know how to do like on farm stands and farmers markets and keeping people safe, both the customers and the people that work there. But the reality with um, the wash station, it, I mean, it's the same thing of, you know, anything else with food related, like, you know, like passing the flu or passing the cold or, or, or anything like that. Like we, you take the same precautions you would no matter what virus you're talking about, right? Like washing your hands, you know, keeping keeping the food clean. It's the same procedure you would do regardless. So the bigger interaction is with the customers. And I think that's that's the big thing. But in terms of the pack house, we have not changed anything. I, it doesn't logically make any difference to me. Um, because we're doing the same prep of keeping our germs out of the food as we would regardless. Um, people could probably disagree with me, but that's just how we've been, we've been um, doing that. But big changes in the way we're handling the food with the, with the customers. Um, hi, Kirstie. Yeah, give that, give that a shot for sure, the um, trellis system, the, the twine. Yeah, I don't know. I bought it. I think I bought mine through Johnny's. I bought a box like two years ago, and I still have some. But you can you can find it. Um, call around to garden centers, stuff like that. 
Uh, Rod's asking about vacationing and coming to work with me. <laughs> that would be a hilarious vacation. Yeah, unfortunately, we're we have to just like try to keep the volunteers down right now. We have a crew of people and we have our interns, and we actually don't need a ton of labor right now. It's weird that you know that that's the case, but um, the big push was like clearing the field and building beds, and we did. We built eight beds with like maybe it was eight or nine of us in two and a half hours. Like it was quick. So I'm hoping that when everything settles down, we can do much, we can do more workshops. We can have people on the farm. I really want it to be a place to gather, but right now we really have to be careful about inviting people to the farm. We really want to, that's, we have to, yeah. Unfortunately, I have to say no to a lot of people. I get, people want to come. And that's one of the main, one of the big reasons I wanted to work at Raleigh City Farm was to bring more people to the farm, to get people out, to interact with them. Cause I don't want to just be the guy on the internet. Like I want to, like, I want to do things in person. I want to help people personally. People want to see it and we'll get there eventually. So uh, we also have a stay at home order in North Carolina. So I'm only really going to the farm to work because it's an essential business. And then I go home. The only other things I do like I'll go to Lowe's or Home Depot if I need something for the farm or I go to the supermarket and that's, that's it. We have a stay at home order in place right now. So, you know, only people that are coming to the farm, we, we really need at the farm right now. Um, Jane's asking to use occupant for beans and peas. I don't think I understand your question, Jane. I'm sorry. Oh, AVL is asking, did you ever make a second video on the weed fabric you got? You know, I didn't make a video, and the reality was they were both pretty much the same, the two companies. They, they both held up pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I meant to – you're right. I did say I was going to do a follow-up. I totally forgot. Yeah, they were both fine. They were both cool. Um, was it Sunbelt was the one I feel like everyone uses, and then the other company, which I'm terrible that I just forgot the name of them. They actually sent me those, so I wanted to try both, but they were both cool. Um, Farmer, I, Farmer Brad's asking about wood ash. I don't use that. Nicholas, why is the sky blue? Actually, if you guys ever... <laughs> uh, Mark Rober is an amazing YouTuber, if you haven't watched him before. And he just started doing these like live classes. And uh, he, he's dialed them back, but that was one of them he did was why is the sky blue. So go check out Mark Rober. Um, Deanne Kelly, thank you so much for the super chat. Um, uh, your videos are inspirational. I appreciate your great worth ethic. Appreciate the honest, simple suggestions, recognitions. Deanne, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you too. Thank you. Um, let's see here. Uh, what is the cooler for is to keep vegetables cool, uh, after we harvest and wash them, um, keep them nice and fresh for people. So they last a long time, especially in the heat. The summer is just brutal here. Uh, Tracy Rogers is asking about percentage shade cloth, uh, Louisiana, I'd probably go 50% if you have full sun there. Um, I don't actually never own shade cloth, so I have to figure that out too. Um, usually it's like 30, 50, 60 or 70. I probably start at the 50 range. Um, or the other thing is if you want, you could get 30 and just do two layers and then you have flexibility of 30 and 60. So that's another option too, if you want to experiment. Um, Fernando's asking, are lasagna beds really recommendable? Um, and are you not missing the soil nutrients that way? Well, context is everything, right? If you have amazing soil, use your soil. If you have crappy soil, add stuff on top. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, the soil nutrients, we're adding a 
a whole lot of compost. It's full of nutrients. Like we're adding straight compost and we're growing in that. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, basically, we kick off the soil biology. We get plants going. We get um, all the photosynthesis going on and roots drop, you know, the plants dropping root exudates and all the microbes. And you get all that stuff active and the cardboard breaks down. And then, you know, you do some broad forking maybe in the first year and things, things get rolling from that. Um, a lot of times the soil is very... Um, lacking in a lot of nutrients so we add so much and we'll be adding amendments on each bed flip too so um that's that's why lasagna beds are great because you they act as a weed barrier and then you incorporate or you add a bunch of compost so you're bringing a lot of nutrients and a lot of um you know good microbes in there so um craig's saying how do you fertilize through mulch and does it eventually penetrate penetrate the mulch i don't mulch my beds um so the system that I don't know who made it up. I, I feel like Jesse and I who started talking this and then people started using this term. I'm not really sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we heard it somewhere else. Deep compost mulch system. So we just add a lot of compost. I really, you know, from guys like Charles Dowding and Richard Perkins and, you know, guys that just put down a lot of compost. Um, really, the compost is the mulch. So, yeah, we don't use like a wood mulch or a straw or anything like that to cover the surface. We use plants and and compost to cover the soil. So we just try to keep something growing all the time. Um, when we fertilize it, um, I'll use a, I'll add more compost on every bed flip and also add dry uh, fertilizers. This year I'm going to be using um, feather meal and alfalfa meal, and I will tilt that in the top inch of the soil before planting. So I'll, that's going to be the bed flip procedure. Put down a little bit of compost and then the amendments and then tilt that in and rake it and good to go. Um, if we're talking about tomatoes and peppers, you just side dress it. You just like create a furrow next to the plant. You put the amendments in and you just cover up and water it in. It's pretty, pretty easy. Again, that's cause I don't have a, I don't have any mulch. It's just compost. Um, Oak knob saying use wood ash if you're acidic. Yeah, I have very, um, I have basic soil, so I'm trying to bring the pH down. Um, Kimmy's asking how much do you like or dislike the premier fencing? Yeah, I love it. I, I wouldn't use anything else. It's been great. Drinking some tea. All right. Um, Tambra, thanks for being here. The Chad saying, what animals uh, do you recommend to start? I'm guessing farm animals. Um, I had a dog first a sec. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, chickens are great. They're super versatile. Um, they're cheap. Uh, the infrastructure is small and inexpensive. They give you eggs. They can till for you and make compost and give you manure and clear garden areas. And they're funny. And yeah, I would say chickens. They're awesome. Uh, they also like can't really hurt you. Like if you had a big animal, they could they could hurt a kid. Or um, I mean, roosters can too. But most hens are pretty pretty easy and pretty docile. So chickens. Uh, let's see. Catherine, where is your tunnel from? Um, somewhere in particular. 
I mean, the biggest thing is I don't, I doubt the hoops will move. The problem is the plastic. That's usually the issue is usually the plastic will blow off or rip or something like that. So how the plastic is attached to the hoops or to the ground, I is probably the better question. Um, what's the best private email is asking, what's the best filter to use to remove chloramine from city water? Uh, probably a charcoal filter, I would guess. Uh, reader six four nine. Thank you for the comments. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Oknaw, the chickens are the gateway animal. Yeah, I've said that before. I agree completely. Um, uh, Shane's asked. Here's a good question. Once the beds are established, not that there's a lot of good questions in here. Uh, once the beds are established, is the amount of compost cut by per what percentage? Yes. Um, I got to a point where my beds uh, at the farm here where I just was like, I don't need to be adding more compost. Like. There's a huge amount of organic matter and there's just no need. Um, you, you just got to play it by ear and like depends on what you're growing and what your climate's like. You know, for us, like we get a lot of erosion too in the summer. So, you know, we have huge rain events and we, you know, we get a lot of washout and stuff sometimes. I mean, probably less on the new farm because it's more flat, but yeah, it definitely gets cut. Um, I don't know what percentage, like. I'm probably going to be going down to like maybe maybe for the first few months we'll be doing like 10 buckets of compost per 50-foot bed and then maybe it'll be down to five. You know, probably do more at the beginning and then you'll you'll be able to tell just by looking at it, you know. You, you'll look down and you'll see, you know, clay sticking out or if you have clay or whatever, you know, your native soil is or you just, you know, you want more compost down because you, you don't like the tilt of the soil. That's the thing about farming is there's no like – Oh, you do this by 20%, you do this by 50%, you water for seven minutes, you, you know, it, everything is, you gotta, you gotta observe and react. And, and I, and I, I can't give you numbers because everyone's compost is different too. And you just gotta take it, take a, take a look at it. I mean, you don't need to be dumping, you know, a yard of compost on your bed every time you flip it, if you flip it four times a year. I mean, just a lot of common sense with that stuff. So just like, just keep an eye on it, put your hand in the soil, look how things are doing. If you're, if your plants are struggling for some reason, then maybe you need to change something. If your plants are doing well, then just just keep going with it. Um, Gary's asking, what were you paying for compost in your home farm? I was paying uh, three about $300 for uh, 10 yards, and that was delivered. That's what I was paying. Um, I could have bought it directly from the people that make it, and it was a little bit cheaper. But it was about $30 a yard. Uh, yes, the Sir Walter rabbit on the, um, the water tower. Yeah, they, it's on our like, uh, shirts and our like, uh, reusable shopping bags. And it's like a big, it's a big thing for Raleigh City Farm. Um, Nicholas is asking about flea beetles. Yes, I don't plant stuff that gets eaten by flea beetles in the summer. That's how I've been dealing with it. The other options are, excuse me, is to cover it with insect netting. Um, I tried using a lightweight agribond because it's super cheap. It was terrible. Um, it kept trapped in way too much heat and it lost a lot of crops. Um, I was trying to do it cheap. Uh, you really, if you're going to do insect netting, get that protect net stuff. It is like $300 for 300 feet or something crazy, but it lasts multiple seasons. Everyone who owns it uses it and loves it and swears by it. It allows moisture and sunlight in and you can still use overhead watering with it. Um, I'm not going to recommend any sprays because I never used them. Um, my biggest thing last year was I just plant stuff when you know, I try to work with nature, not against it. So, you know, I try to not plant brassicas from like May through October. 
and that's just the reality. And then I don't have to worry about flea beetles. Um, and it's hard because there's a lot of great brassica crops. They're very profitable. People like them. They grow quick. Um, so um, that's that's how I've been dealing with it. Uh, Cameron Clark is asking, do you have any favorite companion planting combos? I haven't done a ton of interplanting, and I'm probably going to do more of it this year. Um, I did basil and tomato just because, you know, there's space at the bottom there. Um, I'm not the biggest interplanter. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on out there. Um, most of the companion planting that I hear about from farmers is more about like timing. It's less about like the biological part of it. It's like, oh, well, this will be big enough and harvest it out before this will overshadow that. Like you could plant like, for example, you could do like lettuce and radish because by the time the radishes are out in three or four weeks, then the lettuce will start to shade it out. So it's not an issue because you've already pulled out the radishes and then the lettuces will cover the space. So most of the market gardeners that I talk to, it's not really about companion planting. It's more about interplanting and getting timing right and really eking out square footage. Um, we're doing more of the biological approach with hedgerows and just doing a lot of crop rotation and stuff like that. Rob Shaw. There you go, man. Bok choy already bolted. Oh man. <laughs> oh yeah. My, we had that crazy heat wave here, uh, like late March and, yeah, my arugula started bolting. It's crazy. Well, it didn't quite get to bolting, but we got it before that, but it got really tall. Um, Mark W. is asking about biochar. We talked about this earlier. I haven't used biochar yet. I've heard a lot of good things. I just haven't experimented with it yet. Uh, I have not had, I've not had tried growing broccoli. Um, you need a lot of space to grow broccoli. And on my farm here, so small, I didn't want to dedicate beds to broccoli. Um, John is asking, um, uh, any tips to make lettuce keep longer in the fridge? Yes. There's a lot of great tips about that. A lot of the ways is the way that you harvest it and wash it. Um, harvest it is first thing in the morning. Uh, if you harvest it, it, it in any sort of heat, the leaves will get droopy and you're not going to recover them. So harvest first thing in the morning, either get them right in the fridge or, um, wash them and then get them right in the fridge. So the the best thing is to get the field heat off of them immediately. Like if you can't get them in the fridge, like at least get them in the shade, like do whatever you can to keep them cool. And then after you wash it, make sure you dry it completely. So I use like the salad spinner and then the dryer with the fans and you get all the water off of it. And then if you put it in the, in right in the fridge in a plastic bag and seal it, like it will last a long time. So those are the, those are the tips that I have with harvesting and, and, and processing greens. Uh, Dan Cron, thank you so much for watching. Um, glad you've connected with the uh, with the material. It's been fun to share. Luke is saying, any tips why seedlings germinate in my greenhouse but have trouble growing to a decent seedling? There are really, I'd say, three things I'd consider pretty much with every growing, not just greenhouse, but it's light water and soil. So it's one or two or three of those things. Um, I was using soil, a soil mix that didn't have a lot of nutrients in it. And that was a problem. So I've changed that. Um, if you don't have enough light in terms of like the right temperature light or the intensity of light or the number of hours of light and then watering, are you underwatering or overwatering? Um, those are really the things to, to think about. Um, 
if they're just getting going and then they die out, then maybe there's not, you know, if, if it's after like two weeks and they've used all the energy from their seedlings, I mean, from the seeds, maybe it's just the potting mix. I don't know. Those are the things you got to think about. Catherine, time spacing between radishes. Oh, this is that other question about radishes. Um, I just plant a whole bed at once, and then I just thin harvest them. I still don't think I understand your question. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thin harvest them, so I just pull out the big ones, and then the next week I come by, and the little ones are bigger. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dory is asking about, do I open source seed? I, I, I mentioned some seed companies that I buy them from. Terrell, Hello. Um, have you ever, Brandon's asking about you sheep bedding. I have not. I have no access to that. Um, yeah, but any sort of like carbon source with manure is awesome. Like that's, you can make great compost out of that. Brian's asking software to track my crops. I, we talked about this before. I don't, I just use a whiteboard. It's pretty simple. Um, and to sort of, <coughs> excuse me, to expand on that a little bit, um, Every farmer is different in how they crop plan. I am not like I, I don't have it down to the T because the everything varies so much. So I sort of plan. I, I did a video about crop planning too if you want to hear more about this. But I generally plan all my transplants. So if I want like a bed of lettuce a week, I start a bed of lettuce a week. If I want a, a bed of green onions once a month, I start one once a month. And then whatever beds I have open, when they're ready, I just direct seed something. That's that's what that's my my strategy. Um, but in, in, in terms of like keeping track of what's in what bed, I just use a whiteboard. Luke, if you're just, is this a seedling question outside in a mini greenhouse? Yeah, maybe you're not getting enough light. It's, it's, it's usually light water or soil unless they're like freezing out there. It's too cold. Uh, Fabri Alva is asking... Uh, 16 hours of, yeah, I was doing 16 hours of light for my microgreens. Yep, that's what I was doing. Gordon, hello from Costa Rica. Little Mountain Life, thanks for checking in. Yep, hope you're well too. Thank you. Uh, Terrell's asking, what's an alternative to cardboard? I mentioned this before, but, you know, use any sort of waste stream that you can in your in your community. So, you know, you want some sort of carbon source that breaks down quickly. I wouldn't use wood chips because they'll, they'll take forever to break down. Um, straw is good. Um, you could use hay if you, do, if it doesn't have seeds in it, um, stuff like that, you know, any sort of like carbon source that breaks down quickly leaves would be good too. Um, you know, think about what you can get your, your hands on. Daddy, I was asking about my plaid shirt combos lately. Thanks. Um, no, I don't buy a lot of clothes. I you guys notice I we have like not many clothes. I just rotate them enough, I guess. No, I haven't bought clothes in a while. Uh, Misha, hey, thanks for coming in. Um, Luke's saying it's better to use grow lights or greenhouse for your seedlings. Um, if you live in a place where you can do it in your greenhouse, I mean, the sun is the best, right? You don't have to use electricity for that. So um, I tend to use grow lights to get them started, and then I move them outside just because I can do it year-round uh, temperature-wise. It's very consistent. Um, so yeah, even if you grow them inside, you still have to harden them off. Um, if you have a good setup for a greenhouse, use that. Then you don't have to pay for electricity. 
Matt, welcome. Thanks for thanks for the shout out there. Yep. Um, Everett's asking about brewing beer. I'm done. I'm done. I've I've brewed so much beer in my life. I, yeah. I I'm, I don't think I ever need to brew beer again. Magic, hello from New Jersey. Scrapper Secret Garden, hello. Uh, Little Mountain Life is asking about um, microgreens at the new farm. I did talk about this. I'm, we're not we're not going to be doing microgreens at Raleigh City Farm. Yeah, it could definitely help. I just um, I don't want it. I don't. I just yeah. I don't want to do it at the at the new farm. It, I could definitely make a lot of money, and we just need it. We don't have a setup for it, and I just I kind of want to focus on field crops. It's just kind of what I'm I want to do right now. Um, plastics manufacturer for cardboard. Yeah, I mean, there's hit up um, furniture stores, tire stores, um, bike shops. Um, yeah, uh, some guys like had big scores of cardboard up, you know, back of like Dollar General. Like, you just got to look around. Like, there's tons of cardboard out there. Unless you're in a place that's like, you know, really remote or something, cardboard's not very prevalent. But if you're anywhere near a city or suburban area, there's tons of cardboard. Warhead Lord. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. Seven acres on a tropical Honduras. Ooh, that sounds nice. Uh, Shane's asking, why only a quarter acre if there's a whole acre? That's a great question. Um, there's just a lot of stuff on the property. Um, there's that whole hydroponics tunnel, which is kind of, we got to wait to see what happens with that. I, I can't really get into it too much, but we can't use that. There's like a little mini food forest. There's like a bunch of open space for gathering. There's the wash station. There's also just the way that's laid out. There's like the compost area behind the um, behind the that greenhouse that's kind of dead space. And then there's the driveway. And then there's area on the other side of the driveway that's like a rain garden. And it's just that's how it's set up. And the buildings are kind of there. Um, I, I'm not really worried about the acreage. I think a quarter of an acre you could grow a lot of food on a quarter of an acre plus plus the tunnel. So you know, if, if we're at the point where we're really maxed out at a quarter of an acre, like we're just really cranking by the end of the year or next year, like I'm sure we'll get creative with using more land there. But I think a quarter of an acre is fine for what we're trying to do. Um, remember, it's a nonprofit farm and, you know, we're selling to our community, but we're also planning on donating a lot of food. So, you know, it's we're not trying to make the most money there, if that, if that makes sense. So I think a quarter of an acre will be fine. We can definitely have a couple of interns, volunteers get involved, and I think there'll be plenty for us to do there. Tali L uh, waited a month for my seed order and still hasn't dispatched. Man, is that what company is that for? I've heard about that from some companies, so um, that's that's a serious bummer. Uh, Luke Slater, thank you so much for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm glad you're liking the videos and watching the new farm come together. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Wow, a lot of people in here tonight. This is awesome, guys. Maybe we'll do this more often. Uh, Parker's asking, does the summer variety of lettuce taste as good as Salanova? Well, um, you know, taste is subjective, right? It's a different shape leaf. It's a different texture. There's also eight varieties of Salanova, so I don't know which one you're referring to. Um, it's just a different kind of lettuce. Um, but to me... When I was struggling with Salanova in the summer and I didn't get any lettuce, but I grew other stuff and it did work, I'm like, 
I don't care what Salanova tastes like. If it doesn't grow right now, I'm not growing it. Um, I switched from Salanova to the lettuce mix I was using, and I was doing a mixture of Salanova varieties. Um, <clears throat> and my um, my customers, my families that I was delivering to at the time didn't seem to – I asked them. I was like, I'm going to switch this. What do you guys think? And they tried, and they're like, it's good. So if people are buying it, then that's all that matters. Brian, welcome. Um, oh, Gene's in the house. What's up, Gene? There you go. Gene, Gene's in here. If you guys want to chat with him. Um, small space composting. As I said, I'm really, I'm not the best composter. Um, I generally like pile stuff up for forever and then eventually I let the chickens turn it over a couple times and then I just spread it out. That's what I've been doing with my compost. I'm not, I just, I don't have a lot of experience with it. I just buy it because I need so much of it. Um, Luke, uh, I think we talked about this growing lights in the greenhouse, um, under grow lights or in the greenhouse. The, ben the benefits, like sunlight's really the best thing for plants. That's what mother nature wants, right? Um, and it's free. So that's a big difference. Um, it's, but if you have to heat your greenhouse, there's an energy cost there. Um, if you maybe you don't get enough light where your greenhouse is, there's a cost to the greenhouse. There's temperature fluctuations. Um, if you're really growing in a greenhouse, like you probably want a germination ch chamber, especially in the summertime, um, to get your stuff to germinate. So there's pros and cons everywhere. Texgal, thank you so much. Uh, Jay Pummer. 1972. You're very welcome. Uh, Scrapper Seed Garden. Um, thank you so much. That's awesome. You're getting your garden going. Um, inoculant. Um, what was that about? Uh, beans. I don't remember now. Sorry, uh, Kirsty. Kirsty. Was that about? I don't remember. I don't remember what inoculant that was. I don't use inoculants. I just I, I just use a lot of compost. That's really, and I keep the plant. I keep the ground planted. That's that's what that's my main my main go to. Redneck life. Um, thank you. Yeah, I just, you know, I I'm gonna take a second here. Like, I share a lot of content. I share it for free. I don't ask for anything, and I I I really try to live that abundance mindset and not just talk about it. And I. I don't have a pay site. I don't have a Patreon. I just share. And I think if we all do more of that, we'll all be for the better. You know, I'm not, I'm not building up an audience to get to sell an online course. I'm not having, I don't have a member site. I don't have any of that stuff. And, um, to my, to my soul, like I just, I just want to give, that's it. So it's hard sometimes. And I, I've mentioned this before and I'm not asking for anything for anybody, but I just want to keep sharing. I'm just going to keep doing it. It's the only way I, I feel good about it. So Sorry that that little comment drove me to talk about that, but it's true for sure. Um, NXTJ3N, you're welcome for the content. Um, Rod's asking about opening up for volunteering. I would keep an eye on the RaleighCityFarm.org website. Uh, we there, our crew is pretty good about um, updating that, so that's probably, you know, the best place to keep an eye. On. There's also a um, an email list you can sign up to if you want to be a volunteer and you'll get volunteer updates. So I'd probably recommend that. Um, and then obviously like I'm still posting a lot on YouTube and, you know, trying to, trying to post a little bit more on Instagram, but, um, you know, I'll let people know for sure. I think it's going to be a while. 
Um, Wade Barnes, do you like this better than your, I'm guessing my other farm? It's different. Um, there are a lot of things I do like about it um, because I get to work with other people. I get to work on community stuff. Um, I don't have to do everything myself, which is like beautiful, but it's also challenging. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was working by myself, I, I had to do everything. I had to farm, harvest, deliver, market, sell, communicate, all that stuff. And now I have a fraction of it to do myself. But, you know, you're also working with other people and there's always, you know, things you have to work on with other people and it gets complicated sometimes and sometimes it's great and that's just the reality. Um, the pressure of not like the pressure of sales versus salary is, is, is nice. I'm going to, I'm not going to deny that. Like it's, I'm going to push hard. Like we're going to sell way more, hopefully vegetables than I, you know, initially thought, um, and sort of said we would do. So I'm just a very driven person. I can't turn that off, but yeah, I, so far I've been really happy with it. I, the big negative for me right now is I have to, um, I have to commute. So, you know, I have to drive 30 minutes to the farm. And that's, that's been tough for me to get used to, but it's also great. And in, in the other regard is that there's a separation because, um, I can leave the farm usually at the farm. I mean, I'm still getting text messages and emails and phone calls and stuff about all sorts of stuff. But, you know, at least when I leave, like, uh, you know, I'm not like running out to check on something here. It's much more deliberate. So, um, I've been appreciative of that. Um, Warhead Lord, thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Mike, um, thank you for your super chat. Thank you so much, Mike uh, Lemister. Appreciate it. Um, let me back to these questions here. How are we doing on time? Nine o'clock. I'm cool. All right. Um, Nicholas asking, cut and come again lettuce. Um, you want to cut it. You don't want to cut it too low because then it won't come back. Uh, there's kind of a sweet spot. You just take sort of the leaves off and you kind of leave the, the base area there. Uh, and in the summertime, I don't get cut and come again for lettuce. Like it, it's not going to look very good. So usually middle of the summer, it's one cut for that stuff. But it also grows really fast. So um, yeah, the, and if you're doing cut and come again, like arugula or kale or something like that, like you want to make sure you don't cut it below the like, like you want to cut it. Like if it looks like this and there's a, it's connected at the bottom, you want to cut it here. If you cut it below that node, it won't grow back. Uh, so make sure you cut it high enough. So you want to make sure you catch it at the right time. Catherine, you're welcome. Glad to share. Um, my YouTube channel is asking, do you till it all before you put the salad sharps? We did do an initial light tillage. Uh, there's videos about that. And the main reason for that is the ground was very unlevel and we had a lot of beds that needed to be flattened out. And we had some earth that had to get moved around to get it flat. So we did that. It wasn't a very deep tillage, but we did have to move some earth around. And that's the one time I think it's okay to do some earth moving, some tillage, because you got to get the ground level. You got to make it in a place where, you know, you can grow vegetables there. And that's the last time we'll till it. So uh, P-Man's asking about moisture sensors uh, or any technology to the farm. No, I haven't. I just generally... <clears throat> as I said, sort of before is like, it's about observation, right? Um, what's it saying? The best fertilizer is a farmer's footsteps. Have you guys heard that one before? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, such a small farm, you know, you can walk around and stick your hand in the ground in a few places and you're good. Um, and hopefully we'll have people there pretty much every day checking on stuff. So, 
Uh, Caleb's asking, how long is your growing season? It, uh, I grow year-round here um, with um, very simple tunnels and some row cover you can grow all year here. So um, our frost dates are like mid-April through like, I don't know when it is, maybe mid-October. Um, but we're past our frost date now. We're in zone 7B. Hi, Pamela. Uh, Andy's asking, do I do winter sowing? I have. Yeah, I have sowed seeds in the winter. Yeah, I can do it here. Um, it depends on what you're trying to grow, though. Um, generally, you're trying to, you want to try to sow the seeds before it gets super cold because stuff just grows so slowly in the winter. Catherine's asking, do I use gypsum? I have on my farm here. I used it to put down before I built beds to try to break up the clay a little bit. I haven't used it at the new farm because we don't really have that issue. Uh, there's some decent soil there. Redneck Live is asking about quail. I have no experience with quail. I've done chickens and ducks. Uh, Doria is asking my tarping cycles. Um, I'm just going to be tarping before I build beds, and that's it, I think. We're just using it to, to get a stale seed bed. I don't know if we're going to be using it over the winter. I'd like to keep things growing in the ground if possible. Um, Gary says, will you be amending with azomite or similar mineral product? <coughs> um, I've used azomite before. Um, I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. I don't know if it made a difference or not. Um, I know a lot of people swear by it, so I'm not going to say it doesn't work. Um, we aren't using it this year. Um, maybe next year. I don't know, to kick it up a notch or just, you know, add some stuff that might be missing. We're just adding so much compost. So I'm just leaning on that quite a bit. Just gypsum when I brew as an IPA. Yes, when I used to brew, gypsum did go. <laughs> Lee, you must be a brewer. Awesome. Narrowway Farm. See you later. Thanks for stopping in. Um, Maria, will you say hello to Dusty? Hi, Dusty. I don't know who Dusty is, but hello. Morgan, what's up, buddy? Glad you stopped by. Hope you're doing well up, up north. Yeah, breaking new ground can be stressful. Um, and I was just chatting with some people doing some consulting today and we're sort of going over their plan. And yeah, it can be overwhelming. There's just so many options. And the best thing you can do is just keep it simple. Like use time to your advantage. I think if you get in there and make it too complicated, it's it's stressful. Like tarp it, build beds. Like it's, I mean, people were asking about my process. I'm like, literally I put down cardboard, I watered it and I added compost and then I put wood chips in the walkways. Um, the biggest thing is, is getting the weeds out ahead of time. So it's tarping. And if you need to move earth around, like do it ahead of time, get everything level and flat, make sure you know how your, your field's going to be laid out and then just, you know, do that. Or, you know, I couldn't do it at this farm, but at my farm, I just put chickens in an area for a long period of time and they eat everything. Like they'll eat everything and they'll lightly scratch the surface and it's kind of smooth it out a little bit. And they will dig holes where they, you know, they're doing their dust bath thing. They drop a lot of manure. So you can use animals too. And just take your time with it. It gets stressful when you either A, overthink it or B, try to rush it. Um, you can't get anything for free with this stuff. So you either have to put in the time with tarping to kill the weeds or you have to... Um, you. You have to, you have to do, or you're just gonna be dealing with the weeds forever moving forward. So you know, take your time with it. <coughs> Maybe a Charlie uh, and Rain Dog Farm 
Howdy. Uh, baby Rula falling flat in some areas in the high tunnel. Hmm. Was that direct seeded or transplanted? Yeah, anything, anything susceptible to overwatering. Um, if it's falling flat and not popping up, um, yeah, I don't know. If it was transplanted, then I'm guessing it wasn't hardened off properly. Um, give it some time, I'd say. But yes, you can plant stuff too close. Like, there's a lot of plants that I started spacing out further apart than recommendations that I had when I started um, because of your context. Like, I'm in the south and it's very humid. So, you know, I've opened up my spacing a little bit with things like arugula. So, yeah, try spacing it out a little bit more. Uh, Luke asked me, do I do grow anything over winter? Yeah, I grow in my high tunnel with uh, row cover on it when it gets too cold. I grow a lot of greens, lettuce, kales, stuff like that. Um, yeah, 10, 10 buckets of compost per bed. Yeah, 50 gallons, I guess. I think we're going to start with that. Nicholas is asking about that. We all probably do the calculation. Um, I don't know how many, I don't know the cubic feet per gallon ratio. You can look that up. Um, it's probably like a wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow and a half. I can't remember. Most wheelbarrows are six cubic feet, the standard one. So you can figure that out. Can you use wood chips from wood cutting like pine or other trees? Yeah, I whatever the, the tree company brings me, I use. So I don't ask them what it is. Um, and it's all, you know, trees around that live, that are from around there or, you know, they're cut down around there. They may not be, um, native trees, but I mean, I'm not incorporating it in my beds. They're going on the surface. So it's, it's different. Um, how are the rods asking about the bees? They seem to be doing well. We have our, our beekeeper. He's, he, he keeps track of everything. I don't have to deal with them. So, um, but I'm happy to have them there. Um, and he's an awesome dude. So. Um, Jennifer is asking, do you sell the no-till hat you're wearing? Unfortunately, no, this was a limited release, uh, that we did for some, um, people that donated money to the Patreon page for a short period of time. And there is some, uh, swag available on the no-till growers, um, website. I don't know if there's hats though. I think, I think Jackson was going to try to work on that. Um, I don't know how far we got with that. I'm only like a part of no-till growers. I just do video content. I mean, you talk to Jesse and Jackson quite a bit. Uh, Jesse more than Jackson. Um, so I'm not sure if we have hats available yet. I know it's something we would like to work on because they're cool and I like rock and no-till growers whenever I can. Um, so there you go. I'll, I'll have to go give them a little nudge to get moving on that. I know everyone's super busy right now though. Oh, Shane, you're moving to Hickory. Nice. Yeah, uh, from Michigan. That's going to be a big change for you. Long season, a lot of bugs here, <laughs> a lot of heat. Um, Debbie's asking about slugs. I haven't had a big slug problem. Um, it, it may be an uh, issue of planting too densely. Try to plant things a little bit further apart maybe if you're getting them on, I don't know, depending on what crop you're getting them on. Um, I don't have, I haven't had to deal with that yet, so I don't have any advice for you. Doria saying a beer trap. Yeah, I don't know. Mike is asking, oh, this is an unbelievable question. Raleigh City Farm is looking great. You're, you're made for that city farm, Andrew. Thank you. What's been your best and worst, best and worst investment in market gardening? 
I'm gonna have to think about that. that was a, that's an unbelievable question, Mike. You stumped me on that one. <laughs> um, I think the best thing has just been just I'm trying to learn as much as possible. I mean, the time I've invested, you're probably talking about a financial investment, but I guess it's kind of related. Just the time to learn as much as possible. I think that's the best thing. Um, in terms of gear, let me try to answer that, I guess. Um, I love the, the Tilther, the Jang Cedar, and um, the Greens Harvester. I think of this couple things, like you have to get those if you're a market gardener. I think those are the best things I've, I've invested in for sure. Um, the worst things I've invested in, I haven't made a ton of bad purchases. I've been trying to be pretty careful about that. Um, I don't know. I'll have to think about that, Mike. But those, in terms of like things I bought and purchased in terms of gear, those are, those are the top ones for sure. Luke, you're very welcome. Um, Jennifer Sly, wow, thank you. That is so um, unbelievable for the super chat. Um, she says, I've watched so many of your videos and they have thoroughly helped me as I get my small urban farm. 111 neighborhood farm started in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Thank you, you're the best. You look, and I'll look online for the hat. Um, I Colorado Springs awesome. I lived in Boulder for five years, so I miss Colorado a lot. So thank you. I'm glad you've been enjoying the videos, and I really appreciate the uh, the donation. That's just that's very kind of you, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I've been helpful. This has been that's awesome. I love hearing that stuff. Um, and it's weird. Like sometimes I just feel like I just create videos, and it turns into the internet. And I you know it's it's cool to connect with you guys. It really is. Um, starting seeds and worm casting. Worm castings are great if you have potting mix that is like low in nutrition um you could add some worm castings i generally just buy really good potting mix so i don't have to mix my own stuff generally it may save a little bit of money but it's a lot of time and more inventory to manage of things um asian veggies um i've done tat soy i've done mizuna um uh, some of those greens but Nothing super like heirloom and specific that I can think of. Um, I grow the uh, the the Japanese eggplants, those like long skinny purple guys. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I think that's about it. Kev's asking about the new chickens. They're doing all right. I did talk about this before. We lost two chicks, but everyone else is doing great so far. Milos is asking, do you have a full-time employee at Raleigh City Farm, and is he paid or volunteer? Um, there is only two people that are paid by Raleigh City Farm. There's the director and myself, uh, and I'm part-time. Everyone else there is volunteer. So, like you see Gene a lot in videos. Gene's a volunteer. He's there probably more than I am. He's an amazing person, um, and I really couldn't do most of what we did without him. So, that's that's how it's broken down. Everyone else is volunteer. Um, Jess was asking, how did I incorporate my sort of legal status as my business at Satin Hill Farm? It was uh, an LLC. It's kind of standard for a small business. I'm not about to give anyone legal advice, but, you know, it sort of gives you a little protection from the farm and you basically pay all of your profits you pay as personal taxes. So that's how that works. Um, it's pretty common for small businesses to be LLCs. So that's how I set it up. Suggestions for shade cloth percentage. We talked about this before. Uh, Louis, Louis, Louis. Um, 
it was uh I haven't used it yet, so depends on where you are. Um it thirty to fifty is you know, probably good. If you wanna do if you're really far south and it's super, super hot, like fifty, sixty percent. Um you can also do thirty to get thirty percent and double it up to get sixty if you want a little bit of um variety, but we're probably going to get some this year and start playing with it because uh, I think it's necessary here in the summertime. So, um, Van Walters, thank you so much uh, for the super chat. Um, he says, Josh, uh, thanks for all the value you have shared, enjoying the journey. You're very welcome. I'm happy to share it, and thank you for participating and being involved and, and getting things out of it. So I appreciate it. Um, you guys have been so generous tonight. Thank you so much. Let's see here. Let me slide up a little bit. Wow, so many questions in here. I'm trying to get to as many as I can tonight. This is awesome. Thanks for showing up tonight. Um, Moha, yeah, thanks for watching. Um, it's cool. You pick up stuff and, you know, when you get ready to have your own place, you'll, you'll know what to do, right? Um, Andre Gagne uh, from Iron Station thank you for the great comments nice you had a good first farmer's market that's awesome um, Rochelle's asking about fertilizer used for tomatoes um, I'm not the best tomato grower I, um, I've only had two seasons at it so a lot of compost to start the bed off um you want to make sure you add nitrogen basically only at the beginning because that's what's going to give you a lot of leaf production. Um, I forget what I use later in the season. Probably alfalfa meal. I can't remember what else though. Anyways, yeah, a lot of I just use a lot of compost. That's pretty much my go-to for pretty much everything. Um, Scott, yeah, very busy. I'm glad you're enjoying the, the channel. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Uh, Luis, Luis, Rosado. Awesome. Yeah, I heard that from a lot of people that you guys are like, get up in the morning routine, drink your coffee or whatever and watch a video. That's super cool. I Thanks for taking me in your house and being part of your daily life. I mean, that's special. You know, I it's really cool. Um, Catherine, you're very welcome. I think, yeah, I feel very strongly about that giving and the, the abundance. Um, and it's it's more about like, not just talking about it, but doing it, right? Like just sharing, just being out there helping people. I think this is really a time, and I've mentioned this in a lot of my videos, where you know we can really focus on other people right now and help each other. And I think that's it's really easy when when things get tough to look inwards, but you got to keep reminding to look outwards because um, that's how we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get better. I, I'm really thinking a lot about like how you can come out of this better, come out of this. I've learned something, come out of this like personally better, community better. All that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Wayne, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, yeah, chickens are great with fertilizing. Um, no, I don't use hormone grow enhancement. I don't even know what that is. Hey, Blondie. Yeah, can, yeah audiobook. I've been, yeah, trying to catch up on podcasts. Um, I'm still behind on Jesse's podcast a little bit. I also have the... Uh, my boys with me a lot, so they don't want to really want to listen to that. But, <laughs> um, and guys, if you're watching this, hit the thumbs up. I hear a lot of people uh, suggesting that. I would appreciate that. It'd be cool. 
Uh, Wayne's asking about pest control. As I mentioned before, I kind of just grow stuff in the time where the pests aren't there. So, like, I don't grow brassicas in the summer. Um, I had trouble with uh, squash bugs, so I get them out early, and then I get my harvest done, and then once the squash bugs roll in, I, I pull the plants out. So that's been my strategy, but insect netting is, is really your best shot. Be more outdoors, welcome. Uh, another question about aging veggies. Maybe this is the same person. Our guts 81. Um, as I said, I've grown like tatsoi, mizuna. Is that an Asian veggie? The Japanese eggplants. Um, people love mizuna. Um, and tatsoi can be good too. I, I just, I don't have, I was growing a very small amount of crops at Raleigh City Farm. So I don't have experience growing everything. Yeah, Lulu, Zone 9B. Yeah, I'm really worried about the plants this year um, with bug pressure because it didn't get cold here really either. We had very few frosts, and if they were, they were very light. We didn't really have a very – not that the ground freezes here, but it wasn't cold this winter. I think the bugs are going to be bad this summer for sure. Um, Bobby, my wife's uncle was a blacksmith. Broad fork head, cool. Uh, yeah, send me a message. Really, the best way you can touch me right now is through Instagram. That's pretty much the only thing I have right now because my website shut down. So, Illini Trekker, yep. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I wish it, I got to make sure we get some more hats going. It's hard to get all that stuff organized sometimes. Uh, Mike Lemister is near Boone. Dirtcraft Organics. Yes, I have heard about them. I think that the, I go to Country Farm and Home in Pittsburgh to get all my stuff, and I think they just started carrying them. So maybe I'll give them a try. I just started using Coast of Maine. Um, that was a new product they brought in, so I was giving that a shot. But maybe I'll pick up some Dirtcraft Organics. I have heard about them. It's just a matter of price and if I can get them. So, Jen. Oh, Chatham County. Nice. Um, Cam with the camera is asking... Did I study agriculture or something you picked up and passionate about? Uh, no, I didn't study agriculture. I had no history in gardening, farming, anything like that before a few years ago. Um, my background has been in education. I was a high school teacher. I, I for five years I brewed beer professionally for five or six years. Um, I started on this property here by getting chickens and starting to grow food, and it turned into a farm. So that's what happened. Um, I was never even into gardening, so <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. Um, Jen's asking, how deep are your beds on top of the cardboard? Uh, people ask me this. I say this like, in, I feel like every video, I think it's like about four or five inches. Um, I didn't measure it. We just like until it looked good and we're going to be adding compost on every bed flip. So, um, yeah, I, more the better though, really. Uh, Wilmer saying, oh, you're late oh, from the Philippines. Cool. Yeah. This will, this will be up on YouTube so you can watch this later. Uh, Gene says five, six inches. There you go. Gene would know probably just as well as I do. Um, Chandler's asking about the flame weeding. Um, I think it was good. I mean, I've done it. Um, we'll find out how much comes up through the, through the cardboard and the compost, but you know, it's like a last chance to, to try to kill things before it before that. So, um, but in general it can work out well. You can also flame weed on the surface of your beds, uh, either pre-emergence or on a bed flip to try to kill all the, uh, thread stage weeds and stuff too so 
Um, do the roots grow through the cardboard or just, or is that layer just a weed block? They don't, um, unless there's holes and, and spots where they can, they can find their way through. Um, that's the whole idea is that you block them for long enough, hopefully that they, they, they burn up their energy, but, and it will break down and turn into soil. So also by putting a thick layer of compost, that's also a, um, a mulch essentially. Yeah, Gene's saying flaming worked really well. Yeah, it did work really well. I'm just, you know, we'll see how much grows up. But yeah, when we put down the cardboard, there was nothing growing for sure. Gene's totally right. Um, Cam with the camera. Thank you for the super chat. Um, what's your opinion on vertical farming? Thanks. Vertical farming is awesome. Um, it's very creative. It's a great use of space. Um, super cool in tight areas or really, you know, tight quarters. Um Use whatever you have available in your context. Like if you only have a small area and you can grow vertically, then grow vertically. You know, I have a lot of land where you can spread out and grow. Um, I don't see the point of fitting in a system like that into my context. But yeah, I mean, there's so many cool creative solutions out there. I just, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with that because I haven't had to be in a position where I needed to use that. But yeah, it can be very cool. Is it okay to use fresh straw from horse and cow cells on a garden or a compost? It compost it. Never use raw manure in your beds. That's that's a big no-no um, because that's a food safety issue. So, yeah, compost it first. Uh, wheat, a new subscriber. Welcome. Yeah, it's funny. I, I started looking at some old videos too and then looking at some of the stuff I'm doing now, and it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's good. It's cool to see the old videos. Yeah, all right, Charlie's asking about, this is the real question, nine rows direct seated on a 30-inch wide bed, overhead with water, intermixed with healthy arugula, is yellow and dead arugula. Um, yeah, definitely, I, I went down to seven rows of arugula, so try going less. I'd guess that. Um, also, like, put your hand in the ground. If the soil is soaking wet, then you're overwatering. Um, that's another thing. Also, arugula is, uh, brassicas are heavy feeders. So if you're having discoloration, maybe there's a nitrogen deficiency too. So keep that in mind. But I, I would definitely go wider than nine. I mean, less rows than, than nine. I think seven's cool. Uh, Van's asking about um, compost. I We get ours through compost now. It's made from Brooks Contractor. Um, I mean, this is all North Carolina stuff, so I don't know where you are. But um, it's pretty much the only option. That's And we're lucky that we have a good source, so... Um, yeah, look for consistency, make sure it doesn't smell too much. Um, and then try growing with it. And the other thing you can do is ask other people who have bought it and let, and ask them like, how is the compost? So they'll tell you like, oh, this stuff sucks or this stuff's great. Like I know all the farms around me, they all use the same compost and everyone's happy with it. So feel good about it. Um, Learn, weed, you're learning how to grow in buckets. Yeah, you can grow in anything. Like, you, container gardening is awesome. I mean, super simple and, you know, grow a couple plants or grow a lot of plants. Um, Dustin Pool, do you ever worry about soil pH? Yes, we did a soil test in the tunnel and in the field before we started. Um, I am going to be more concerned about pH this year because it is very high and the compost we have is also high in pH, so we are going to be checking it more often.
Wilmer is asking about the cardboard layer um, blocking the root system. The roots will go through it. It breaks down pretty fast, and and like it depends on the temperature and you know how much you're watering and stuff. But you know you know plant roots they'll push through wherever they can. So and cardboard you guys know like wet cardboard like it falls apart pretty fast. How soaked? I don't know. Um, wet. I mean yeah, get it nice and wet. Hi, old one. Nice to join us here. Um, oh, John, I missed your super chat here. Thank you. Thanks, brother, for all of videos. You're very welcome, John. Sorry, I had to get rid of somebody in here. Um, have you already tried using trap crops? No, I have not. Um, companion planting, we talked about this earlier. Most of the time I do companion planting, it's like um, more of an interplanting situation to maximize yields. Uh, Maria, you're very welcome. I'm almost at the bottom here. Maybe not. Um, Let's see here. Um, Aaron's asking, oh, let's see here. The Virgin Islands near Puerto Rico, hot and humid. Irrigation systems on slope. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. And maybe just a couple more questions. I'll probably, oh, I've already been on an hour and a half. Okay. Um, so I have a, had a slope at my farm here. And the thing that helped me the most, I think, was putting wood chips in my walkways and keeping keeping the beds intact when it rained. And also um, having place for the rain to go um, when it rains heavy. So having like ditches or trenches uh, for the water to travel to and not wash off your beds is super important. You could also terrace your your plots. Uh, if you look at uh, Sage Hill Ranch Gardens, I got to go visit them out in, in uh, California. They terraced, they were on a severe slope and they terraced all their beds and they were using drip everywhere. So there's a lot of options out there. Um, but uh, I think the biggest challenge for me when I was farming on my slope and it was not terraced was having places for the water to go. So I had it run down between my beds and then around the beds because when it rains hard and it washes over your beds, that's when you get all the erosion. Dory is asking a favorite recipe. Not really. Um, I'm pretty simple when it comes to cooking, but I just love eating salads, so I eat a lot of greens. Um, Isaac's asking about volunteers. Um, right now, we just sort of channel people to the Raleigh City Farm uh, webpage, and there's a sign up there. And then um, for volunteer days, when we can do start doing that, we'll be inviting people down. Um, for the people that have been involved so far, it just kind of showing up, started showing up early, and now they're just involved, and they, you know, they know what's going on, and they're they're part of the team. So, um, but yeah, as of now, we have a few interns and a couple of regular volunteers. We can't really have many people coming down there just for safety reasons. Uh, all right, wrapping up here, guys.
I'm just reading through all these all these comments here. Sorry, guys. Um, all right, let me answer a couple more questions. I'll get out of here. Um, do you have a certain way of scheduling your day, interns days? Yeah, we're figuring that out right now. The biggest thing is going to be based around the harvest. And, you know, we'll be selling on Wednesday. So we'll be harvesting Wednesdays and maybe a little bit into Tuesday. So if we're harvesting on Wednesday, then bed flips and planting are Thursday and Friday. So that's going to be pretty much the schedule. Maybe Mondays will be like project day. I'm not really sure yet. We just we just picked up interns and we're trying to figure that out now. So that's the word we're at with that. But um, anyways, guys, I think I answered most of your questions. I'm sorry if I missed a few. There's a lot of comments in here. I really appreciate everyone coming in tonight and really... The, uh, the super chats and the donations were just so appreciative. I really appreciate it, guys. And um, I just have been really happy to be sharing stuff with you guys. And if you're interested in seeing more live um, live videos, let me know. Um, and I'll be happy to do them if it's, if it's beneficial for you guys. It's fun for me. So thanks so much for watching. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Have a good night.